Everybody, what is going on? This is the Gym Boss Podcast and a special uh, episode today. It's been ages since I've had a guest on. Got a good friend of mine. Uh, we're actually neighbours and just so happened that one day we bumped into each other, had a chat and found out we were both business owners. And uh, this guy here is actually Shane Saunders. I'm going to give you the official intro today. Is uh, We're going to be talking about leadership, in, partic- in particularly the principles of self-leadership to inspire team leadership and he's going to explain more depth and details about how we do that because um, the the more common or misconception about leadership is the top down, like I'm the boss, you must do as I say, that sort of type of leadership. Outdated, really doesn't work. I'm sure he's going to tell you a lot more uh, about that. But to give a little bit of insight about Shane before he goes, uh, jumps on here, um, ex-military, PTI, like uh, then transitioned out of that into a personal training business, a successful business with that. Um, then went into mindset and leadership training for entrepreneurs and business owners, particularly centered around breath work. And to give you an idea, some of the people he's worked with, if you're familiar with Alex Charfin over in the States, uh, there's Joe Polish. He's the owner and founder of I Love Marketing. He's actually got a podcast and a whole business revolved around that. Um, guys at Mind Valley, Pete Evans, Taki Moore, done some training with Wim Hof, um, the PT Academy, uh, which is an RTO for personal trainers. Um, developing even a course for personal trainers around uh, breath work. And uh, actually, fun, fun fact about Wim Hof, he just told me just before we went on here, um, Wim Hof actually wrote the foreword to their, their book, which is pretty cool. So we've got a lot to talk about today. But Shane, thanks for coming on today, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Jimmy, it's good to, uh, good to be on here. And uh, it's, it's, always, it's awesome that uh, you're doing a podcast for uh, your people to listen to because I think this is one of their greatest ways of being able to get information out there and especially um, information with people that get to work with lots of other people and I think that's a it just I feel really blessed that we get to share this information yeah I love the I love the podcast it's definitely been uh, some of the guests that I've had on in the past uh, amazing sometimes some people that just want to share their knowledge with you that this some of the stuff that they've done and the achievements they've had um so it's it's one of it's definitely my preferred source of how to consume content that's for sure mm-hmm. um but shane fill us in start us a little bit about you know the whole concept about around leadership and yeah. your thought process around it and then we're going to probably dive in and extract a few nuggets sure. of actionable items that um, the guys can then take away with them Sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I had a career in the military, 13 year career in the military. Um, you know, I was active, uh, in Iraq and during my time as a physical training instructor, I was attached to dive teams and then later on, uh, the tag assault groups and then up to the, uh, the preparing for the SAS selection course, which I went through and, uh, got to the end of that training and decided being a professional soldier, uh, for that many years wasn't uh, wasn't something that I was I was keen on doing for the rest of my time. So I kind of like went through the training, got 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 to the got to the point of um, of going on to reinforcement cycle and, and kind of just going actually this is probably not uh, not it for me. And anyway, I got out of the military, um, got married pretty much soon after that, and began a life um, totally different to the military, which was uh, a, you know a life of entrepreneurship. And um, you know, started out with a with a really successful um, fitness business. What I didn't realize is that the uh, not only the leadership skill sets that I'd learnt in the military, you know, like I, uh, you know, looking back or, or during my time in the military, I was like, you know, 
you, you take it for granted, I think, sometimes the <laughs> what you go through and, and, and everything that you get taught. And it, it just, what it did though for me is it accelerated my business so quick that, um, you know, it was, it was the, the business grew really fast. So, you know, that's a problem within itself sometimes 100%. When, you're not, when you're not familiar with business, right? Is like, is this like explosive growth and then things fall apart and things break. Um, the other thing I wasn't prepared for either was, um, you know, people seemingly uh, other other business owners say so for example other trainers seeing you and seeing your business grow so fast and there's you know there's kind of staying stationary so there was a there was a lot of different things that kind of came to me and then of course um learning that business is not just about systems but it also involves this big part of mindset and it involves attitude in fact i always say that uh Running a business is the greatest personal development course you can ever do in your life. I would right? 100% agree with Cause, you. Because it is going to push every button personally that you have. And I would say the <laughs> only thing that I have found that has been more rewarding and probably more challenging, not even the overseas deployments or even the special forces training, is raising children. That would, that, that would, that's what I would put above uh, running the business. So just, just so you got an idea, but I, but I solely think that, um, just hats off to everybody who is, who has started a business and who is currently in the thick of, um, you know, in the trenches with their business. So, uh, you know, this, this whole concept around business being personal development, uh, really led me to look at, okay, well, what I kept seeing with a lot of my clients who did run businesses, we were taking care of their, their, fit, their physical health, but then it started to morph into looking at taking care of their mental health. And then, of course, being a business owner myself, um, you know, I wanted to know more about business. So we started to uh, look at can we uh, extend our business into other fields? So we, we ended up finding ourselves in coaching um, and, in co and, and working with coaches on their personal health and mindset and the tool that we found was the by far the most practical and the thing that has the most bang for buck and it was breathing as literally breathing in and breathing out and pausing your breath and understanding the intricacies of that process um you know it's uh it's intimately coupled with your nervous system. Um, you know, it, it permeates both your mental and emotional and spiritual states. All of this is, is all involved in the way that you breathe. So, you know, to my mind, it made perfect sense that the basis of personal excellence starts with something as simple as the way that you breathe, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of time that you spend uh, introspectively. So that is, you know, we can spend a lot of time outward focused, you know, everything's going on, but we spend very little time to actually stop, you know, and get into either a meditative state or a, or a rest state and actually let our mind process. And so this has been, you know, one of the major awakenings for me as a business owner and also coaching people who are running, you know, they're running high level businesses. The, the businesses that I coach, they're all from 3 million to 30 million currently. They're, they're the, the, uh, the kind of like the revenue spans that I coach. And, you know, there's no difference between someone running, say, a $3 million uh, business and a 30 when it comes 
to what is required of them like mentally it's 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 actually and we could go into a whole argument for why that is and i'm sure there'd be people that would push back on me but actually seeing it there there is no difference it takes the same you'll you'll have the same problems at three as you will at 30 and all of those come back to what happens internally for you how do you process information how do you uh, go through a process of personal evolution right and personal evolution often gets thrust upon us if we don't actually go and do something um, to to bring it forward or to actually uh, face into it you know how so well you know the our our life is as such that um, if you take the take the uh, mythological version of the hero's journey right the hero's journey is you watch any Hollywood movie you listen to most people's story about them going on an adventure and it'll have these aspects of the hero's journey where you know they something calls someone to adventure you get an idea right let's put it in the context of business right you get called to adventure you think I'm going to start my business all right you meet some you meet some mentors or you meet some um you meet some wise people that kind of give you a little bit of advice yeah you know do this do that they kind of arm you a little bit right but you can only be armed to the level of your experience that you've had and then what happens is you start this process of going through the darkness right <laughs> and i'm sure everyone out there is smiling yeah right because everybody in business has gone through the darkness, right? Yeah. You've gone through the doubt. You've gone through the the revenues not coming in. You've gone through people are leaving your business. You've gone through my marketing's not working. You've gone through, right? Like you name it, you will go through that process. And that's common in life. That's common in life is, is that we have these energetic cycles, right? Like night follows day. And this happens particularly if you look at any depth psychology or you read um, most, most accounts of even mythology and um, history, you'll see that there's this archetype of this hero's journey that happens where people go on these things, where it goes, they get excited about something, they go through the process, they get really not excited about it, and then they come out the other side with the learnings and the, and the cycle restarts again. So, you know, what, what, what's really comforting out of that is no matter how bad things get in your business, it's going to get better. And then when it gets better, just be okay with the fact that you're going to go through another cycle where things may not, you know, and to the degree that you can um, prepare yourself for that, to the degree that you have practices in personal excellence, then those parts, when you're going through the, you know, when you're going through the, the difficult times, you learn to actually you, you learn to actually move through those difficult times in, in a much easier way, right? Like it's not, it, 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 it becomes less of an issue when you prepare yourself. So, you know, we all hear be proactive, not reactive. Yeah. Right. That, that's all that is telling you is the hero's journey is going to, is going to perpetuate. And to the degree that you prepare yourself, you know, train hard, fight easy. There was a, there was an old. It was written on the gym in the in the in the military gym in the in the dive teams. Like there was so many different areas where I remember seeing that written. And so this, you know, um, you're gonna go on this journey. So you can either go laughing and dancing or kicking and screaming. But either way, you're gonna go right. Like I've done my fair share of the uh, kicking and screaming <laughs> variation. That's we for all, sure. We we all do. And 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 that that is you know 
that if we take that analogy, the kicking and screaming part is the part that makes it worse than it needs to be mm. when you're going through difficult times, right? Like, and, you know, I guess paradoxically, that's not to say that if someone is having a real terrible time that you shouldn't be able to feel everything that you need to go through with that. But in saying that, how you respond to things, so how you react to your marketing campaign not happening, how you react to, um, you know, uh, say you, you overspent on Facebook ads or whatever. Like, dude, I'm just telling you the things that I get annoyed at in our business, right? Like to the degree that you can understand that that's a learning cycle that you're going through and that you come back and that you recorrect and you do, you know, you, you test and test again, then you'll have a better time handling that. And that will lower pressure. It'll lower the pressure and noise. It'll lower the amount of unnecessary stress that you have in 100%, the business. I agree. There's, um, I can't remember who said it the other day, but it was some other podcast I was listening to. And they were like, people avoid the struggles and the challenges and the obstacles in their life, no matter what it is, business or whatever. But you've got to understand those challenges and struggles are what give you your skill set. So oh, 100%. Be, be grateful for them because it's making you better. And I yeah. was just like, oh, and that same other variations of the either win or you learn. So if you have that mindset instead of win or lose, because uh, there'll be phases or seasons or whatever you were saying before mm -hmm. where you go through and it feels like you're doing a whole lot of learning. Like, you're like, man, I'm not having many wins, so I'm having a whole lot of learning. But then, as you said, it's not forever. Come, you come out on the back end of that. Actually, if you've done it right, smarter, better for it, and better prepared for it when something else similar comes along. Yeah, totally. And the other thing that it does do, Jimmy, that, that I think these are the things that we... I think what I see a lot in, in coaching people that are running these big businesses is that um, a lot of people are, are forward-looking, right? They're forward-looking. Sometimes I'll look in the past and they'll get stuck on things. They're very rarely in the present, right? We've all heard this, you know, mm. you've got to be present. and But, but it, it's, it's more of a understanding how to shift your awareness and your vision to these things, right? Like it's it's good to reflect on the past, it's good to plan for the future, and it's good to be in the present, but you're not always going to be in one of those, right? Like all the time. And what I often find is if we're forward facing and we're looking into the future and we're worrying about what's going on and this, and we're gonna get that done in the business and this, is that often you'll miss that, as you, as you mentioned before, the pressure that gets exerted on you, say by, something not going right in the business it actually changes you in a way that you need to stop and you need to be able to integrate that so you know a, a lot of the time uh business owners will be you know they'll, they'll be running around and this is where this really poor style of leadership comes in it's uh you know the the, the style of leadership is what you mentioned at the start where it's hierarchical leadership where um you know you train everybody to come to you to solve the problems Right. And this is a this is a double edged sword because one, that's how you started the business. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's face it. You, you start as you. And then when you take on the one team member, it's you and them. And then when you take on your next one, it's you, them and them. And they're all and then you you have them report to you. You know, they might communicate to each other, but you build this hierarchical system. And it's important to have that structure because people that are coming into your team, 
they need to learn how to be part of a hierarchical structure in a team. We have lots of hierarchies in the world and they're not good or bad, right? I know some people might have opinions on that, but a, a uh, say a pyramid hierarchy where you have one person at the top, there's a time when that works, right? High times of crisis, um, you know, in, in some warlock situations, uh, you will have those, those types of leadership hierarchies at work. But you also have to be aware and be able to transition to different styles of leadership, right? So and can I just cut in for a sec? Yeah. Is there ever a time in a business where that hierarchy that you, the first one, top down, where that applies? Because in my mind, I'm sitting there going, well, we're not at war, although it might feel like it is sometimes mm. in your business. Is that what you're saying or no? Yeah, so, so to, to my point, if I wasn't clear, your business has to begin that way. I've got it. You know, like it, it begins that way. It begins that way because you get the idea. And even if you, even if you employ a team, say, say for example, you start a business straight away and you, and you employ a team, it's going to be natural unless you're, unless you're very, very conscious of seeding the team in a different way, which some people do that. But I still don't think it works without having this base um, structure of a hierarchy. I mean, you know, that's why it's important in the military. You come into the military and they want you to be an autonomous robot, right? They want you to come in. They want you to listen and follow orders regardless. Now, while, while in retrospect, I look back on that and I go, wow, that's not a good way to function for the rest of your life, right? It has all these, it has all these downfalls, but initially to get quick action to have um, transfer of information through through the team right that's a very very um, it's a very very quick way of being able to get that kind of stuff right it's for maneuvers right they, they teach it in the military because they want you to be able to maneuver really quick they want to know that if you say turn left everyone turns left on that on on the spot you know if they say you know action your weapons everyone actions their weapons at the same time and comes up and and you know so there's there's all these there's all these reasons why you would have that kind of rote learning into it but then you've got to evolve right like and and it's you know it's like growing kids learn they listen to their parents right you're there to help guide them through and then eventually you want them to question you right no matter how painful that's going to be you're going to learn that <laughs> you're going to learn that I'm learning that right now cuz my my kids are a little older than yours yeah. but but you learn you learn this acceptance of now you want them to question you now you want them to take on a different a different role in the business and this is i think this is getting to kind of the crux of what we're talking about here of where you know a, a certain leadership style in your business called hierarchical leadership most most leadership styles end up at that anyway you know you've got either manager owner and then everyone else reports up the chain mm -hmm. um to that style right yeah but in order to take your business to a different level right and i'll give you the example of when you get your business to the level where you then have to create a leadership team right you have to create a team of leaders that are then leading the uh the other teams in the business so say for example you know you have your operations team or you have your your uh your marketing and social media team um, whether they're attached to your business or not attached to your business you'll have someone who heads that heads that that role right and so then it becomes like a what what i 
liken it to is you go from being in normal um, military forces to special forces and the, the, the transition and the difference between being in, say, normal military to special forces is there's a lot more autonomy. There's, a, there's, there's, less, there's less reliance on everything needing to go to the one person and more reliance on the interdependence of each other in the team in being able to solve problems, um, you know, in a round table type of situation. So, I love that. Yeah. That reminds me of, um, I read Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. And he talks about something about the, um, what is it? Well, I forget the term for it, where it's like fractioned off um, decision-making or whatever. And it's like decentralized. That's the yep. word. Uh, decentralized leadership, I think. Yep. And is that what you're talking about yes. here? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I know you, I'm, I'm only going to mention this briefly because I know you said we wouldn't talk about this. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of what's happening in the world right now at a, at a, at a governmental level and, and with things like blockchain and cryptos and all these things is it's a, it's, it's a push towards having that decentralized idea because, you know, like the interesting thing is I think when you're the, when you're the boss in a business, when you're a parent, when you're, when you're in any position of leadership, it's easy for you to forget that people can actually sort their own stuff out. You know, given, given, the, given the right encouragement, given that you have the right self-leadership tools yourself, like you, you, know, you are practicing, um, you know, you, you've got to have some kind of physical uh, regime. You've got to have some kind of mindfulness regime. You, you, you do need to be taking care of yourself in a way. You do need to be educating yourself as well, whether that's on business, whether that you get a, you get a mentor or you join a group, you, you, know, you need that kind of interaction because you can isolate yourself as a leader. And it's really easy to then um, have a parent-child relationship with your team members instead of an adult-to-adult relationship. That's actually a really cool distinction and a really cool picture because... Um, there are times uh, with previous team where you do feel like that they are a kid and I'm sure people listening right now, you've probably got team members and then you probably feel the same way about them. How do you go about that then? Like yeah, not being they, like that? Well, it's the, the, the most interesting thing about that, Jimmy, is, is, is ha- just like what you did then, having the realization that that is the kind of relationship is, is step one. Step two is understanding that although you may look at somebody in your team and think that they cause that situation, given if you, if you read anything about depth psychology, what you'll learn and understand is that you own 50% of that through projection. So you could be creating someone into the child role, i.e., making them feel like a naughty little child at work and then they treat you like a bad parent and it goes round and round and round. So I think that realizing and having self-awareness enough to understand what, what are your shortcomings as a leader, mm. right? And this gets us back to taking um, responsibility in self-leadership is about that. It's about you opening up your blind spots. It's about you, um, you know, forming a, a, a relationship and a, and a situation with your team members where they can come up and say, you know, something like uh, you could approach your team and say, what is it that you think I don't want to hear? Right. And 
That is a great question. Simple, simple question like that because the person gets to go, well, I don't think you want to hear that you ride me, you know, when I'm trying to get this job done, not knowing where, do you know what I mean? Like it just, it opens up for someone to be able to bring up, um, you know, I think for me, one of the greatest destroyers of, of a team is withholds, is unsaid unsaid uh you know um uh, you know whether someone's been has taken offense to something or they they you know a lot of people think they know what other people are thinking but but they don't like no one knows how to mind read right like everyone would like we all like to think that we we know how someone is thinking but often what we're doing is we're conversing with ourselves in our head about thinking about what the other person is thinking 100 right and then we have these little dialogues and and eventually people pick up energetically they're like all right and i see this in teams all the time where it's like oh well you know um this person doesn't respect me and they have this problem it's like have you guys ever spoken to each other and they're like no there's been no there's been no dialogue. There's been no communication. And it's not that they don't even not like each other. It's just that the stories they had in their own head about what they thought the other person thought about them has just completely taken over mm. and has become the narrative. It's and like, what's, so, the, what's the saying? Assumption is the mother of all oh, F-ups, right? That's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, I mean, how many of these... I, I think it's interesting because once you can tie together, say, you know, four or five of those little... The, the things that you've heard before, once you can tie them together and have an experience around it, that's a powerful learning tool because you're like, oh, okay, now, it, now I get it. It's like this. And sometimes it just takes to have that dialogue or it takes for the leader, right? The boss to show up and, and say, okay, this is how we're going to do things. It's not, a, you know, it's not about going away to a weekend and holding hands around a campfire and then coming back and telling everyone, all right, we're changing everything, right? It, it doesn't have to be that drastic, but it, it, it can be as simple as you taking care of yourself enough to have the awareness that maybe this is happening in your team. Uh, maybe there are different ways that you can start leading the team or preparing people for those leadership uh, positions in in the way that you be the example first right like you come out and the the I think the other thing to really um, uh, to understand here is that it will take the team culture changing as well and another really useful way of doing that is understanding how to relate to people properly like um, here's a here's a classic example dude like I'm sure everybody is familiar with the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Right? If you're One of the classics. If, you, if you're listening to this and, and Jimmy, oh, I highly recommend this, take that book out again and just read it. I've read it twice. The second time I read it was only, a, would have been about six months ago. And I just cannot believe how you've heard these things but given the, given the road or the ground that you've covered to look back over, um, you know, some of, the, some of these simple con concepts about being interested in people, the simple concepts about um, really listening to someone, not thinking about what you're going to respond, right? Yes. So that you're not even listening. You're just, you're going to respond with something over the top, which could be completely incoherent and not, not about what you were talking about, right? Just the, these really small little things that you, you can read these books 
because they're timeless lessons, right? You can read these books over again. And these are the types of things that will have people rally around you as a leader, like these qualities of self-leadership when you take it upon yourself to improve what it is that you're doing. This will put money in the bottom line of the business. It's just, it's what it does. And it, and it even allows you to step out of the business, say, you know, I don't know if anyone has stepped out of their business for a week, or maybe you've stepped out of your business for two weeks, or maybe even three weeks. Well, this is the kind of stuff that allows you to do that and not have a phone call. And, and in fact, some of the leaders that I've had that I've trained that we've, you know, we've, we've got them to the point where they can take time out of the business, the business made more money while they weren't there. Yeah, that's that, amazing. And, and, yeah. That, and that happens, like I, I, I hate to say this, but that happens quite a, few well, time, I like quite the, a number of times. What's the example that I was saying to somebody about a similar concept about this is um, the business owner is the handbrake. They're the ones that are like got the handbrake on or the bottleneck. You probably hear that all the time. I like the handbrake example because it's kind of like you can literally like pop the handbrake off and most of the time things flow a lot better, mm -hmm. a lot better. But yeah. you can't just do that overnight though either. No, that, and look, and you know, the opposite can also be true. So I won't say that this doesn't come with a caveat is that, you know, if you're uh, – you know, I'll give you an example. Like we, we would never have, you know, I would never have left my kids home when they were, uh, you know, three and one <laughs> right? yeah. like home by themselves. Right. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're either not trained enough or they, they, you know, they don't have the maturity, you know, like I can give you the list of all the things. So the same, same is to be said about your discretion on what you do in the business. You know, if you do want that kind of business or you are a person that likes to be hands-on but you would like the freedom of not having everyone come to you with everything well then your leadership style will have to change you will have to learn how to lead in a different way you might you know you might have to look at what got you here is not necessarily going to get you to the next stage mm. right like well let's summarize a, something like this sorry to cut you off there but you know, i think you um you i think this would be really helpful we haven't really touched on, but what are the most common frustrations you hear with people before they hear and take on your advice about leadership? Because I'm sure whatever they are, are very similar to what everyone else is listening right now would be experiencing, probably myself included. And um, then what's some of the other things, like that's the frustrations, and then what's some of the key things that they can implement and then the benefits of those? Yeah. No, that's a that's a good question. I I, I mean, there's going to be many, but one some of the some of the ones that I see most often is uh, is expectation. I think that sometimes the the owner or the boss of the business expects everybody to be putting in the same amount of hours, having to, carrying the same the same amount of worries, you know, as as they are, and and they might have an expectation right that that everybody else is going to perform or you know that expectation overrides their ability to actually understand that people are people right and they they are going to come to work with personal stuff they are going to be having personal things going on and um you know the the ability you know a, being a boss it's not just about you being in charge and making money if you've got a team you you're you're going to be coaching people mm. You, you, 100%. Are, you are, you are going to be there. You are going to be there. You, you, you're going, you know, you're going to have another little family outside 
perhaps your family, or even if you don't have a family, guess what? You're in training for when you do have a family, right? And I think that that's, that's one common one. On the flip side of that, Jimmy, uh, uh, another really common one is the self-sacrificing CEO or boss that just will not get out of the way because they're just, they, they feel responsible for everyone in the business, mm. right? They feel like they have to be there or they have to work longer hours or that, you know, they can't quite, you know, there's, there's, there's many different ways that this shows up and, um, you know, and then, and then it stifles the people in the teams. They can't just kind of like get on with what they need to get on with because, you know, the person is not trying to control the CEO is not trying to control necessarily out of a want to control, but it's almost usurping people's responsibilities, Mm. right? It's, it's, it's like, it's like, oh, I can just get it done. I'll just do it quicker. And they, they, they may not tell somebody that they've already done something and then work doubles up. And so these are, these are some common um, things that you see. The other common things that I see are if you have someone who's super creative, right? And, and they, don't, they don't necessarily understand how things get put together or they don't necessarily understand how processes work. And mm. so they, they can see this shining vision in their head and they, they just want the team to make it happen. But no one has a plan. No one has, a, no one has the, well, what are the mechanics that get you there? So you have people who are highly creative that uh, don't have someone on their team or haven't gone to the lengths to look at, I've got this creative idea, but how do I, how do I back engineer the plan that gets us there? And then you, then sometimes you can have the the opposite of that, where you have you, where you have a CEO that doesn't have much vision at all, and and you the, the business gets bogged down in just the day you know the day to day things, or too many systems get built, right? Or you know it's 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 too confined, and people can't actually work in that environment because there's too many processes and systems. So, you know what is what is a superpower for one person can be the complete kryptonite for for another and and um you know in this process of leadership it's understanding you know are you an intuitive uh person are you a thinking person are you a feeling or a sensing and they have they have different ways that they apply their genius and how you get results and then you have auxiliary so you know you you are you could be intuitive but you could also be a good thinking person so you know just understanding what that means for you right if you are a creative then it's a good idea to go out and find someone who is more of a grounded energy more of a you know more of that accountant type Mm. energy right that's going to kind of come in so it's you know the the relationship part of it is a huge part that kind of ties it back to what you were saying before about um relationships i would say that the the really key things for someone in in a business role is to understand themselves Right. And, and I know that's a broad term, but it's things like understand your personality, understand your traits, understand, um, you know, how you how you process information and things like that. And there's, you know, there's endless personal development stuff that you can do on that. Yeah. You know, so where would somebody that's like, cool, I've got these frustrations. My expectations are too high. I feel like they can't just find good staff. You hear that all the time. Just can't find the fucking good people mm-hmm. to save me. Um or I'm slogging it. I'm the first one in 4 a.m. opening the gym, turning the lights on. They're in there doing everything, micromanaging people because they're sacrificing themselves. 
or they're that person that is like the creative or the detailed person or the whatever. Most, I'm saying this as a broad blank yeah. brush statement, but most gym owners are more on the creative side because mm -hmm. they love the people connected mm -hmm. and they're not so much on the business detailed systems. Like there are a couple, I'm not saying everyone, but majority is like that. So if they've fallen into that boat or, or have any other frustrations when it comes to, um, comes to leadership, where do people start to first find out about themselves and their style and their way that they do things? I know they'll have an inclination, but do you have like any resource like do a yeah, no, Briggs a, or something like that? that? That is a really, that's a really good question. And uh, yes. So you, you've just named one of them. You can take, you can take um, most of the depth psychology type of uh, personality profiles. Myers-Briggs is, is usually one of the, one of the best ones in all the businesses that I work in, Jimmy, all of them, None, none are an exception. Everybody in those teams, the, the CEO, they all have their profiles through disc assessments or through some, some form of, you know, Myers-Briggs or disc are the two, the two biggest ones. Um, the, the, the one caveat that I want to say about personality assessments is it's very easy, number one, for you to lie to yourself when you're doing those tests. Mm -hmm. It's very easy, and and it's not a it's not a um it's not a case that you want to hide, but it's just a case of sometimes you want to be a certain way, and when you read a question that does describe you, if you're not aware, you can kind of go, "That's not like me," so I'm not going to do that. When in fact, that is probably more like you than any anyone else. So you know, my tip is if someone if something really on one of those personality profiles, if it grinds your gears take a couple of moments to breathe with that and just understand whether that is actually more like you than you would like to think. So that's this one caveat that I'd like to give you on these personality tests is that you, if you are going to take them or you're going to use them with your team, I would use them as a, um, I would do them maybe even 12 months or even every 18 months, depending on how long you, you have team members for, um, you know, that's a really good way. So, but simply like, mentioned that book before how to win friends and influence people if people have the the ability to get that on audio or even to read it that is a that's a great place to start um just for purely beginning to be aware of who you are and what you do right and i i realize this is difficult this is where getting a really good coach uh, comes into play and and um, and going to personal development things, you know, taking your own time to go to them because the experience you that there's something about getting experiences with personal development that you can't get from reading a book, mm. right? And I'll give you an example. Um, Walking on fire with Tony Robbins. <laughs> correct. Like that's an example. Here's, here's another example that, that I do. Like we create, and this is going to sound a little bit out there and it goes off track a little bit, but we create near-death experiences with the processes that we do, literally. See, they're, that's, they're, not, they're, that's not a shock to me, people, they're, they're by the way, because I've, we've <laughs> spoke about this before when, when, we've, when we hang out. And the first time I heard it, though, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? So that's probably it's, what everyone's listening to now. So if you're spitting out your coffee or whatever, don't worry, you're not alone. I said the same thing. Let me, let me explain it. I call it microdosing on the fear of death, right? And like pausing your breath and holding your breath is actually a microcosm for dying. Like, and and th there's this really interesting thing about personal development. And when you get very, very deep into it, you begin to understand that a rite of passage uh, creates a situation 
where you you have an ordeal and this gives you an emotional transformation it's not a it's not an intellectual transformation there's differences right there's differences between learning something intellectually versus learning it either by feel or by emotions or uh, by intuition right there and we have these four functions these have been identified by depth psychology that um, you know you're either a thinker or intuitive feeler or sensor Right? And they, they correspond with earth, air, fire, and water if, um, if anyone out there is listening and they get right into the elemental part of it. But in, in tribal uh, traditions and, and through you know, all recorded history, we've had these, um, these ordeals, rite of passages, um, and what they do is they actually mimic a version of birth, and, uh, birth death, and rebirth. Right. And you, you hear this again, this is like a, you know, one of those story type things like the, like the hero's journey. And sometimes with personal development, you, you need to have those experiences and then they're not, you know, they're not as, they're not as grand as they're going to be something morbid, um, you know, where you go and put your life in danger, but you can have these experiences without putting your life in danger. For example, you mentioned firewalk. Uh, we do ice baths. Mm. Um, you know, we do even just pausing your breath after you've breathed out and holding that for a very long time, you know, will, will bring you into that point of panic where you actually experience, uh, trauma that's stored in your breathing and to, to the degree that you invite that into your life that you voluntarily um, accept adversity into your life this matures you uh, mentally and emotionally in a way that you can't you cannot read in a book so you know there's there's many different processes but it becomes enjoyable that's the thing it's not work and I think that that's what a lot of people need to, that's the, the, the inertia that people are trying to get over. I think that when you mention personal development, people go, oh my God, I'm already running the business. This is another thing that I've got to do. And it's, it's actually like, well, no, these things actually give you energy. Like you start mm. feeling good about doing them and they become a habit and then the habit sticks. And then you have a way of uh, bringing this about you know, personally for yourself. So then you start to, you start to accelerate the, the, the time it takes for you to actually learn things. So, you know, I, I know, for example, doing a lot of this work and having these experiences, I absorb books faster, much, much faster than I used to, right? Because I'm interested in it and I really want to read it. And I get, I get very, very carried away by looking at the, you know, what, what's, what's the purpose of the book and what's into it. So, um, you know, the, starting starting off with something as simple as uh, taking yourself out of your comfort zone you know whether you go to a seminar whether you find a book or a group that you can go to um, you know whether you start with a personal coach that can take you through these kinds of things that's really where I would start with it because it will it will make a difference to the bottom line of your business There's so no let's doubt. say I love that because um, for everyone listening, I don't know if you, you might know him as well, um, but in the fitness space, there's a guy, Andy Frisella, and he has um, the company First Form and he's got a podcast, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but one of the things he's got is this program. It's a free uh, mental toughness program called 75 Hard. And it, that's what rang a massive bell for me when you said invite or well, voluntarily invite adversity into your life. And that's what this is talking about, like doing cold showers, ice baths, all this sort of stuff um, is what you said at the start about the thing that was on the wall. What, what was that quote in the Navy? 
train easy, uh, train hard, fight easy. That's what this is, right? Mm -hmm. That's what this is. And um, also the other thing that really just like lit a light bulb off in my head was like, there's a difference between an emotional transformation and what was the other one? An intellectual intellectual, transformation. That's so true. Man, that is so, I've had, only because I've had my own personal experiences of that, um, and that's owning a business. Um, I like that, and I don't know why I cut in now, but I just wanted to say, like, those two (laughs) points. They're they're good. I know those two points, for me, are just like, wow, yes, so true. So, actually, now, if you're a gym owner, just say you put yourself in the shoes of the gym owner, fitness professional that's listening to this, or anybody, whoever's listening to it, actually, and they're like, they usually pretty well got their stuff together. They've got the business, things are coming together, but they want to take their leadership game to the next level. And they want to start looking at this. I know you said you give a couple of examples, like see a coach, but what's some, what's some things they can do to begin inviting in this adversity? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and look, really, you know, exercise, let's, let's, let's go to some obvious ones. Hmm. Change, changing, either changing your, the exercise regime that you have and or take on something that's more difficult you know take on something that's a little bit more challenging and and you know you mentioned ice baths and and heat here's here's a really interesting thing about hormetic stress um and uh, if you don't know the term hormetic stress it's it's simply a, a natural form of stress that uh has your body uh, react in a certain way so say for example when you get in when you get into an ice bath what it's doing is you basically your brainstem is turning on all the survival mechanisms. Like the crocodile brain is like lighting up and going, okay, let's check and make sure everything's fine here. And to the degree that you can relax into the intensity of that will carry over into normal life. And what I mean by that is when things get hard, right? So you do, you do the ice bath, you get out for that day, whatever comes at you during that day, you've already had your intensity level pushed right up through the roof. And so you'll relax into that challenge, right? And this, this is what's called hormetic stress. So that the body gets stressed and it reacts and it, and it reacts by releasing endogenous, um, you know, whether it's norepinephrine in the brain or whether it's uh, BDNF the, 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 um, that grows uh, brain synapses back. All of these things happen when you do things like sauna or ice. So what I would highly recommend, I'd highly recommend that you start with cold showers or that you start with a with a you know with a cold plunge. If depending on where you are in the world, you can add ice to a to a baby pool, or you can even put ice in your tub, and it's it's safe enough. And what what I always recommend to people, right? So I'll give you a recommendation on this: the water only has to be at thirteen degrees. Now, if you've never measured water temperature, your tap temperature, even in summer, with maybe three bags of ice not even maybe two, three bags of ice is enough to get it down to kind of like that temperature. So it's cold enough that when you get in there, you're, you're, you know about it. Exactly. It's going to shout, you're going to shout, look, I've got to get out of here. Right. So, you know, if, if it's not like if preparing for a marathon or doing something that's a little more challenging, that's going to take a little more time is, is not, is not up to, you know, if you don't have a lot of time, then I would highly recommend something like this. It's all, that's a hormetic stress, you know, um, Here's some of the some of the ones that I suggest to my clients: stop drinking alcohol for three weeks, right? Like, see how you go. Stop drinking alcohol for three weeks, and then promise yourself you can have a drink after three weeks. Then after that, stop it for six weeks. I guarantee you, by the time you get to six to nine weeks, 
the change in your sleep will be so different that you might think about cutting down your alcohol consumption, right? So there's, there's all these little tiny, tiny things that you can do that if you choose to take one on will be enough of an ordeal for you to have an emotional transformation with it, right? And you, you don't, I mean, you don't need a coach. You don't need a coach to go and find a sauna and sit in the sauna for 10, 15, 20 minutes and get uncomfortable, right? Like the whole idea is that you want to be uncomfortable. You want to lean on discomfort, right? And then, and then you start to understand that you, you get this different relationship with pain, right? Once you have a different relationship with pain, what we perceive as pain in our head becomes discomfort and you're okay with discomfort. Most people are mm. okay with discomfort. You can, yep. I can, I can deal with a lot of discomfort. I'll, I'll give an example here that might be a little bit off, off the, but it's, it's something that's definitely real for me is uh, I remember when I was getting tattoos when I was like in my twenties mm-hmm. and that was the fucking most excruciating thing I've ever done. Right. Especially on the ribs. There was ones where I was like, I had to like, I was jumping off the table every time it got me and I was tensed up. I was like hyperventilating and I was sweating and everything. And then now since doing a lot of personal development work, not at the level that you've done, but I definitely do a lot of it. And um, then in this last like 12 months, I've got a couple of tattoos and I actually sit in there and the sadistic thing I say to myself in my head is, man, I wish it hurt more. Like, and then you just sit it and I like sit back into it. And, it, uh, and I don't have that sweat reflex. I don't have that hyperventilating reflex. I don't have any of that because of that weird way I flipped it into my, in my head. Um, but that's only if it starts to get painful. I'll say something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of off center. And I don't recommend going and get tattoos just to like make your leadership better. <laughs> like that's not, <laughs> but that's what that reminded me of. And that's the stuff that I put into, in, you know, that's sort of similar at least. I, so um, that's cool, man. So to recap, get out the comfort zone physically is what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not well, maybe emotionally though as well. Have uncomfortable well, it's, conversations. It's, yeah, it's it, see, like I think I think it's good that we start at the physical realm, Jimmy, because if you start at the physical realm, that's when it's that's where it's just you, right? Like if you right. want to do something um, uncomfortable that and and i'll give you some insight into how i coach and and what we do i mean we go into what's called shadow work we go into you know looking at the relationships that really turn you off or looking at uh times in your life or even your relationship with your parents right so you go into all these areas now they are uh they are way more complex and nuanced when you go into these things but they are by far the hugest amounts of energy that gets blocked in your body and in your life, right? And in, in, in the probably thousands, yeah, thousands of people that, that we've worked with during either breath work or coaching that both Angie and I, my wife's in the business with me as well, have worked with, there's these common themes that come up. So, you know, the, uh, the basis of our model, right? We have a model, imagine a pyramid, at the base of the pyramid is physiology. That's where you start. That's where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. You can deal with all the physiological stuff in your body. Your, your breathing is intimately coupled with every system in the body and the nervous system. So you start there because that is where you can, uh, you can augment and control and um, calm the nervous system with your breath. It's, it's the easiest thing. It's faster than any pill you can pop, anything like that, right? So, this is, so the physiology is the base. 
the center of the triangle is mental and emotional and then the top of the triangle is spiritual right because a lot of people are trying to become spiritual but they forget about their body they forget that you have trauma in the body or you have um, pain in the body or you're not treating your body very well you're not feeding it well you're not you're not keeping it hydrated or stretching it keeping it supple right rigid body rigid mind it's it's there are all these very simple things and so when you when you mention there to just start with physical stuff like if it, that's where i believe that you you don't need to go beyond that because the other stuff will come right you're like it. you'll you'll get prepared and you'll go looking for okay now it's time for me to take on my relationships Right. Like, and that's a, you know, another of the three pillars of what we teach a business owner is self relationships and then business, right? Because once you get self and your relationships, right, the business becomes easier, right? Mm. You'll turn up in the business and you'll function in the business as the leader that you're supposed to be there. And in fact, you'll grow from being in that role, but you won't grow unless you've, you've looked at yourself and your relationships. Cause it's super important that you, you understand how they function and that all get seated and begun with your own physical health first. Mm, I love it. So the if we're looking at the physical, emotional, mental is the second part, and then the spiritual was the third part to that. And the same thing, there was three parts to self, relationship, then business. business. Yep. Got it. Okay. And to give people and practical to sort of summarize that part there would be start with the physical start with the physical and do things like just cold showers. You've got to shower. You don't need to buy anything. No excuse to not do it. Like you can do. And what do you recommend? 60 seconds, three minutes. Yeah. Like what? Look, just do whatever you can stand. Like literally a cold shower in the morning. If you, you get in the morning and you start off with, start off with the water warm and then just gradually turn it off cold. That will balance your blood sugar. Okay. Right. Like, that like the the you can you can go and look at all the science it's all there breathing right here's here's the very base like i was going to mention jimmy we'll come back to the the physical at the very base of that is your breathing mm-hmm. right there's i was so going to ask many, a question about so breathing. many problems there's so many problems and so many ailments and so many things that you can solve by just focusing on in out pause that it is phenomenal it, can you give us a quick demo so if there's someone yeah. that could like go, cool, I want to start doing the cold showers, but I also want to start doing some breathing stuff. Cool. Can you give us a quick run through? I'll teach you, I'll teach you the, the most powerful thing that you can do for yourself, right? Okay. As soon as you get out of bed. So as soon as you get out of bed, you can, you sit up, you can sit up in the bed or you can get out and sit somewhere out, or you can do this in bed. You can even lie down in bed and do this. Now, if you're driving a car, you can do this with your eyes open, but you can still, still do this. Imagine the shape of a triangle. And you're going to breathe in that shape of the triangle. So you're going to start at the bottom left-hand corner. You're going to inhale through the nose. So inhale until you get to the top or the tip of the triangle. And then let it go and come down the other side to the bottom right-hand corner. And then you're going to pause along the bottom. Then when you pause, pause the breath so that it gets really uncomfortable. Like just keep pausing it, keep pausing it, keep pausing it. Keep pausing it. And then when you're ready to let the breath in, just let it in. Go to the tip of the triangle again. Let the breath out. And now pause it again and keep holding that pause. Now, the longer you can hold this pause and the more you can 
you can drive the CO2 up, the more it's going to balance your nervous system out automatically in the morning, right? Just take a breath to recover. So all you got to remember there is shape of a triangle, inhale, exhale, pause and hold it, right? And you just, you're, you're, what you're doing is you're leaning on the discomfort, right? You're microdosing on the fear of death when, you, when you're in that pause. So that, that alone just... They, you can, it's termed CO2 tolerance work is, is another term for it, but just tolerating that CO2, tolerating that feeling of wanting to breathe can auto start to auto correct the, uh, the amount of CO2 that we have in our body and retaining CO2 is a really important part of your breathing mechanism. It, it allows oxygen to actually flush through the body. So, um, you know, there's a, we won't go into the respiratory science part of it, but just that simple act of in, out, pause and hold that pause and extending it is a, is a huge, a huge part. And you're already, you've already voluntarily accepted adversity into your life first thing in the morning. Love it. And you haven't even got out of bed yet. Uh-huh. That's it. And then you jump in the cold shower or you do it. Can you try and do the breathing in the shower? I, I wouldn't recommend that beginning off because you don't you don't want to have like even though it's a it's it sounds quite simple you want to have your full concentration in that i would i would much rather that people do those separately Got for, it. for the time being and how long do we do the breathing like how many do you do a couple like cycles yeah, through the triangle or yeah you can i mean you know uh, once you once you really become accustomed to it it's it's a really great meditation to sit in the morning and i i always recommend with our clients that you just you work yourself up to three minutes that's it you know do maybe start out with doing it once or doing it twice notice how you feel if it if it feels challenging for you then take that as an op as an invitation to do more of it if it feels really good take that as an an invitation to do more of it right (laughs) like so in summary do more of it (laughs) (laughs) i love it cool so that's really two cool really easy to understand and simple to implement because you don't require any tools and require any physical things that are going to get in the way of it. You just got to do it. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's that there. That's cool. And uh, have you got one other thing that maybe you could share? Cause I know we've, we've shared, we've gone through a lot of things, but is there any other things that you could um, maybe give as a tip? Yeah. Or look, I think that another real, and this depends on what type of person you are, but I think writing your thoughts down, in the morning um i know i'm not i'm not really someone who likes to write a lot uh you know it's just not not in my nature but what i have found is being able to just write some thoughts down in the morning uh you know using it like a meditation like it would do um you know with the breathing but being but having an opportunity just to write either your dreams down or thoughts down or um you know, a, a really good thing. We play this. We play this game with our kids, right? And it's an amazing game. It's called Sad, Mad, Glad, right? And and what you do is you say something that you were mad about, mad, sad, glad. Sorry, something that you were mad about, something that made you sad, and then something that you're glad about. And what it does is it gives you the opportunity to talk about things that are troubling you. And then finishing off with something that maybe you're grateful for, right? And it gets you to kind of empty out. And so I would use the same kind of, um, you know, I'd use the same kind of process with journaling. If you don't know what to do, write down 
maybe some complaints that you had, maybe some someone that you were you were having trouble with, and then write down what you're grateful for. And just doing that process of being able to empty out and then maybe being able to share that with someone else, whether it's your partner, um, you know, or, or someone else is, is a really great exercise to be able to just mentally clear you that, that, that mentally and emotionally clears you for the day, because, um, quite often it's the unspoken, as we said before, the withholds and the unspoken things are generally the things that, uh, poison the, the, the garden <laughs> of the mind. <laughs> totally. So that's tie this back into the leadership thing. So now this is the guys and girls listening to this have got their morning, a bit of a morning routine now. They've got the showers, they've got the breath, breath work, they've got the journaling of writing down their thoughts and things at the start of the day. Um, now, how do we tie this back into improving their leadership? Yeah, this, um, I mean, this is really the basis of excellence, right? Like in order to do big things, we have to do the small things. And this is, this is really where it starts. You know, I learned uh, through my career in the military and I've taught my kids this, is that success starts with making your bed. Yeah. Right? You get out, you get out of bed in the morning and you make your bed. And See, I had a Navy dad and same <laughs> shit, right? Yeah. I had to have a Navy dad. I used to have a Navy yeah, dad. And, and, uh, and, and, and Jimmy, it's brush your teeth right? Like, like you think of all the habits that we do currently have that have led to success. And I bet you they all would have been built out of really small, tiny little things that we did. So, you know, where this comes into the, the leadership part of it is self-leadership is that. Self-leadership is you having the ability to, um, you know, pay attention to the small things that you do because consistency in practices. So for example, consistency in a breathing practice, consistency in your exercise, consistency in journaling, anything that you do consistently will build confidence and confidence is how you show up and you lead, you lead with confidence because when you show up and you're on, you've got all your stuff, you, you've done, you've done all your checklists for the morning or you, sh or you show up of dunning, you know, with, with the energy of, of done all your habits and things like that. This is what other people see. They, they feel your presence and you'll also have far more compassion for everyone else in, in things that go on for them, right? Like we become a more, we have more capacity as a leader when we've built the confidence and the energy within ourselves. And that starts with little tiny habits that we do. And, you know, why not choose things that we know have a huge biological benefit, like the showers, like the breathing, um, huge me uh, mental benefits like the journaling, uh, gratitude practices, you know, these sorts of things. I love it. And there was something towards the start. It was like, um, now to do all these practices, because it was the principle of self-leadership is to, to, is to inspire team leadership. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this just, it, it just echoes what, what I just mentioned then, you know, like teams are inspired by each other and by leader people mimic each other like we're, we're mimetic right like we 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 want to be in a tribe where we emulate you know whether it's the leader that can have double-edged sword on it but if you are in a team where everyone emulates each other everyone is cohesive and um and everyone understands each other on a on a on a deeper level and you know it it really does take for the leader to create that culture and create that situation and so if you're coming in with 
capacity and compassion, then you're going to have the time to build the team that's going to take you to the next level. And that's, and that's really what it's about is that this self-leadership leads to you then having an effective strategy for your team. Awesome. And do you recommend then the leader going and taking this on themselves first, like these, these practices, and then implementing it with their team and go, hey, guys, I recommend you do it or no? Yeah, look, I, you know, I mean, that, that'll be how, like that's dependent on how the team is now. Right, like if everyone's if everyone's pretty good and you want to shift it up a gear, then maybe you go back to your team and say, "Hey, I'm going to do this. Does anyone want to do it with me?" Mm. Right, like, and you know, just as a recommendation, do the breathing, the showers, and the journaling. Just set yourself out, like, do it for 14 days or do it for 21 days. So right? that's was um that actually Ruth thinks I, for me personally, I think doing it with my team would be awesome. Um, only because I think that they would be receptive to it as well. Mm. Um, but there was also a quote when you just said that that came to mind, which was great teams are not made in the classroom. They're made on the battlefield, mm -hmm. meaning when you go through a shared experience together, right, actually out there doing the thing. Mm -hmm. And I think if uh, I think this sort of all ties together, if you can show that you're actually trying to improve and trying to be and create this culture of whatever instead of being the top down, they'll be more open to it and wanted to like mimic what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I, I, I agree with you 100% that, um, you know, while it's, you know, while we're all individually responsible to ourselves to, to bring our best version of us, it's also important that we have the collective, you know, whether it's the team or the greater community that they're also involved in, in a way where, um, you know, the, the respect is, is mutual, right? Like, um, you know, and set it up, set it up as a, as a team, as a team thing. And, uh, I think that it's, it's a great way for then for accountability as well, right? Everyone's accountable and a little bit of competition, a little bit of competition is, is healthy. And, you know, that's a, that's an, that's another thing. It's just keeping this all balanced. Yeah. That's awesome, dude, man. Thank you so much for sharing all this stuff. I really appreciate it. Is there anything that you want to include in this piece um, before we wrap it up to help everyone else that's listening to this right now? Uh, no, I, I think that for me, it's not in the words, it's in the practice. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, you can, you can listen to, to many things and, and I know that I've done this myself. You know, I've sat on a random podcast or, or a random and, and it's just been the right time, right? It, you, you know, I mean, what I've shared here, there's probably nothing that's of a revelation here, right? Like breathing, cold showers, journaling. I mean, to me, these are, these are quite common things, but it, it might just be that you're just hearing it at the right time enough for you to go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do that for the next 14 days or 21 days. And I, I, there, there's just no other way of saying it. You will know when you get to the end of that and you'll continue on or you'll get there and you'll go, wow, like just something so small has given me so much, so much joy and so much more energy. And really at the end of the day, like that's what it's about. The, the, the leader with the highest energy always wins. Like that's, you know, you, you turn up, you got to have the energy to implement the plan that you put forward for your business. That doesn't necessarily mean like crazy, like you're jumping out of your skin, but like. No. When I talk, when I talk about energy, Jimmy, I talk about 
um, you know, peaceful and powerful, like calm focus, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody's got their, got their way that they express energy, sometimes really high voltage energy from someone who's completely extroverted is really good. And then some, someone who's super focused and grounded will also have a gravitas. They'll have a, they'll have a really strong energy, right? Like, I mean, you know, we, we stand on the street. We have very different energy when you and I are talking to each other. Yeah. Right? But you can, but, but you can obviously tell that there's still a lot of energy, you know, uh, amongst us when we, when we stand and have a, you know, having a chat out on the street. For like six hours. <laughs> and then our wives come and go looking for us. Where are you? We're just in the street. <laughs> oh, Shane, that was awesome. Um, there's so many takeaways that I can't even recap them, right? <laughs> but I'll try and do a little bit here. Um, the basis of personal excellence all starts with yourself mm. and having these things. Um, and it's easily to it's easy to isolate as a leader. You said at one stage there, mm. so it's good to be around other people, at, and especially your team as well, right? Not just yourself. Um, there was the physical, mindful, educating and need to open up your blind spots. Mm -hmm. There's some bullet points that I've written down here. And to open up your blind spots, um, do a lot of self-work, personal development stuff. You can do some of those tests that were mentioned before, which are um, the DISC, Myers-Briggs, um, how, uh, how, to, how to win friends and influence people, um, and any other personal development experiences. Um, and starting with those practices, probably would be the obviously what we spoke about hundred percent great little ordeal to start with yeah because i guarantee you there'll be some people that'll be like cold shower i'm like if you can't get under the cold water for 30 seconds how are you going to run a business <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally totally <laughs> dude thank you so much for coming on you're welcome and uh man. everyone if you're listening in uh go check out shane he hasn't even plugged any of his stuff yet and that wasn't the purpose of this but <laughs> You guys should go and go and check out his stuff. It's yeah. awesome. Um, so tell us about the you know, website, yeah, socials, you can, and your you book can, as well. Um, yeah, you can find us at Breathe Me, uh, breatheme.com. Uh, we have a monthly masterclass that we put on, which is a, a virtual masterclass. Um, and we're also, you know, we're on social as well. We're on Facebook. You can find me, Shane Saunders, and on LinkedIn as well. Ooh, getting all professional-like on LinkedIn as well. I like it. Mate, thanks again. And everyone listening in, if you have any questions as well for Shane, you can always reach out. Like if you've got some stuff, reach out to either Shane or you can reach out to myself and I can pass it on. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer those questions for you guys. Shane, thanks, mate. I'll speak to you You're soon. Welcome.